This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Stepping on board the IS-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZ9 at checkout. I honestly thought we'd reached our saturation point for weird, but it turns out there's a vast reservoir of weird we'd previously left untapped. Back on Earth, Donna and Glenda have joined forces to try and figure out what Gata Galaxies is up to. On the Oz-9, Leap may have revealed a very dangerous secret. Actually, he did reveal it. The question now is, is Lebichon Frise smart enough to understand what he's been told? And what's with the sprinklers at G2HQ? You knew it was bound to happen. No one can smolder like that for what? Two, three weeks and not suddenly burst into flames. I know. The AMT said it was partly due to his recent diet of nothing but smoked meats. He was mostly nitrates. But that chin... Yeah. I think it's over there, actually. Too chiseled to burn. I should have known it was too good to last. Well, at least we can give him a decent burial. Hand me his chin and grab a shovel. You're joking. You said you couldn't have the police in here doing an investigation, and you scared that poor AMT so bad he'll be scrubbing out those scrubs when he gets home. So what would you like us to do with all the ash and... things? There's a perfectly good garbage chute. No one's looking for him. Everyone thought he went up with the ship, one way or another, bag him and bin him. That seems awfully disrespectful. And burying his remains in your garbage bag bookshelf Instagarden isn't. We can do it nice, like. Look, I found an office that belonged to someone named Matt, and I peeled off his nameplate and snapped it in half to make a suitable marker. Buried in an office planter. Surrounded by composted coffee grounds and leftover tuna salad, with half a nameplate as your gravestone. This is suitable where you come from, is it? It's quick and it's quiet. Now, do you want to say a few words, or shall I? Oh, do go on. I can hardly wait to hear. Fine. You pour. <clears throat> Dear Matt, something. You were really something. Amen. Now, shall we go through that stack of papers he found? 
I'm not sure I'll be able to read through the tears, but yes, let's. Matt is gone, and even thousands of light years away, Colin feels a pang at the loss of his tuxedo. But bigger things are afoot aboard the Nine. Madeline and Olivia have gone to check on Cal to see if the explosion in Dr. Von Habesetzer's lab messed up the countdown and the 30-minute safety reset the crew depend on for survival. What are you, uh, what are you looking for under there? Ouch! Damn it! There are a whole lot of wires under here, but I, I can't see where any of them lead. I need a flashlight. Uh, we could get Colin to come in here and open his mouth. We could, but then words might come out of it. Emily, do you have a light anywhere? I do. One moment. Why do you have a lighter? Because I smoke. You do? Hang on. How do you smoke? And even more, how do you not know about it? It's a little hobbit. Habit. Habit I picked up. Thanks to the shirtless Brontosaurus. That's B-R-A-W-N-tosaurus. In case you didn't get the joke, Captain. Uh, yeah, got it. Thanks. Could you hold it away from my hair, please? Lee got you smoking. I doubt it. Yeah, I could use a bit of an explanation there. Tweedledum 9. Simple. Leet taught us our passwords. I power him down, enjoy a quiet Siggy, and when I finish, I fire him up again. Usually. Sometimes I don't for a while. It's very peaceful. I just can't move much, but that's a small price to pay. And he doesn't know you're doing it? I suspect he will now. He was getting suspicious because of all the coughing in the mornings. Still not quite sure how a robot smokes. Do you understand the physiology of a human smoking? Not entirely. Then perhaps you can be comfortable in your continued ignorance about this as well. Once I get this bomb thing figured out, you and I are going to have a conversation. Oh, good. Plenty of time then. Look, just wake your better half up and shut up. Fine. One moment. Is that patchouli? It covers up the scent of smoke. Well, are you 11? And since when do you have an aromatherapy upgrade? Tweedledum 9. So about this is smoking, eh? Ah oh, man, I smell wet hippie again. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with my senses. Let's just concentrate on Cal, okay? Is the countdown clock showing yet? Uh, not yet. Damn it. Olivia, call Jessie. Get her to bring me a flashlight, will you? Oh, absolutely. Jessie's a massive improvement on Colin. Freeloader formerly known as Captain Jessie, can you grab a torch and hightail it to Cal's room, please? Do you know what the counter was at when it went off? Do I have 15 minutes, 15 seconds? How long has it been since you last entered the code? Unfortunately, my ability to calculate elapsed time was fried along with my citrus. Jeez, circuits. And I'm sensing several unauthorized interruptions to my consciousness. What's going on here? Hang on, hang on. I think I've I think I've got something. If I could just reach ah, there. What can you see? Is the countdown back? Oh yeah, it says three seconds. What? Ow! Oh, just kidding. Nothing new up here. That was funny. Did someone quite rudely ask for a torch then? Under here. Sh shine it there. Not there, there. Not to be alarmist or anything, but are you rummaging around in the undercarriage of a massive bomb? With wire cutters. 
Very sharp, highly cutty wire cutters. With wire cutters? That's reassuring, as I saw you nearly poke your eye out saluting yourself in the mirror the other day. I did not. God, this thing is brand new. It's all shiny and that. It's a bomb. They're pretty much single-use. Mind your manners, Lefty. I'm saying the microwave dates back a few generations, and most of our engines have been around the block and put away wet. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's how the saying goes. But this still has the price tag on it. And the bubble wrap it came in. Ooh, bubble wrap. Gimme. Hey, I, uh, I'm hearing some humming I didn't hear before. What I'm saying is, for Christ's sake, Mad Pants, can you ease up on the bubble wrap? All you have to do to bring down a ship like the Oz is to put a hole in her side. You can do that with something much smaller and cheaper. This is overkill. Overkill, ha! I get it. Wait, there it is again. You hear that? Like a fan or something? Nah, nah, more like, uh, Africa. What? The country? It's a continent. And how would that work? I'm talking about the song, Toto. I bless the rains and what have you. Some interesting trivia about that song, if I may be in so indulged. What the hell are you babbling about? And FYI, the words interesting and trivia rarely belong together. He's right. There is a faint humming coming from Cal. Though I believe that's The Line Sleeps Tonight. It's actually Under African Skies by Paul Simon. Oh, and you've got about 40 seconds left. So you might want to type in the code. Any of you can type it. The numbers are on the wall right there. I type it myself, but I don't have hands. Hello? 25 seconds. <sighs> Albatross to Cal's room, please. Albatross to Cal, thank you. There are four, three and a half of you in here with five arms amongst you, and I have to come running? What's with the frozen faces? You look like a cliffhanger for a 1970s detective show. Hello? I'm assuming I'm here to type in the code, hmm? Whose voice was that on the intercom? Computer, are you here? Right now, sentient computers pretty far outweigh semi-sentient human beings in this room, so I'd ask you to be more specific, but we don't have time. Type in the code, please, quite quickly. Grace period initiated. Countdown reset to 30 minutes. Explanation, please. They're stunned. I can see that. Who's speaking? Well, hello there. I'm Paco. I think you folks refer to me as Cal. So you just go ahead and holler out whatever handle suits your fancy. Yes, well, I tend to keep my handle hollering to a minimum. Have you always been able to speak? Nope. Seems I just woke up thanks to your friend there poking around in my innards. You talk. I surely do. <laughs> I am demanding the explanations. Now, just hold on there, handsome. The lady was asking me a question. Wait. Who am I hearing? Santa Claus? My Uncle Victor? 
How is this possible? I'm neither of those fine fellows, so why don't you just hang tight a minute and we'll get to you shortly. Here I am. There you are. You talk. I do. What's going on? I heard the call. Are we in trouble? He talks. Who talks? The blowy uppy fellow. We have a blowy uppy fellow? I thought Colin was our blowy uppy fellow. Astonishingly, I agree with Leet. What's going on? Funny how they say I talk, then don't give me a sliver of sunlight to do it in. My god, it talks! Has it always talked? I don't think you should call Cal it. Why ever not? It's a machine. Why don't you ask Cal what pronoun is correct? You're being ridiculous. You're being insensitive. Oh, fine. Cal, how would you like me to refer to you? Now, my understanding is the best way to ascertain proper pronouns is to introduce yourself first. So, I'm Cal. I reckon he is closest to the mark, and I'm alright with they. How shall I refer to you, Colin? How long until we all blow up? Because suddenly, it doesn't seem that bad. May I say something now? I have been waiting. Oh, sure, why the hell not? We just discovered the giant bomb that's been threatening our lives every 30 minutes not only speaks, but sounds a little like my paternal grandfather. But by all means, let's hear from you. That is just hurtful. On behalf of all the people you've assassinated, dear God, assassinated, might I suggest something in the... Get over it. I would like to understand something Leet has just been saying. I didn't say anything about him being, you know... French? Tall? Poorly dressed? No. Hey, did you notice that the bomb talks? Uh, 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 uh. You will not be distracting me from my question. Leet said my language skills, which uh, are parfait, but this is not the point in just now, had something to do with my programming. Programming? Uh, what does this mean? Well, programming has to do with how we give computers... Shut up, dearest. And so, I am thinking, there is some explaining here. Why do I not remember my histoire so good? And why am I not needing so many times to go to the little monsieur's room, huh? And why did the bad air only make me a little sick? And even though I was in the pod, I have utterly escaped the murder protocol, huh? How do you explain these things? <gasps> it must be that I am a robot. Uh, I, I don't think you are, actually. Don't be talking to me, computer girl! I know you must pretend it is not true. Sophisticated scanners, actually, but never mind. You certainly smell human. Oh, yes! This is so crafty! But the two-headed fellow, um, fellows also has a stinking, huh? Hey, now. No need to get personal. <laughs> personal, get it? They smell like rust and WD-40. Exactly! They have a smell of machines. I will not be taught to sad ways. I am a machine. It is the only explaining of my fantastic strength, my heroic endurance, ooh, my perfect physique, ooh, my stellar calm. You smell like cheese. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate. I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and & Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face-deep in the box. 
It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp pooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow, we got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash OZ number nine. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. Now, before this goes much further, I'd like to step back to a time before the launch when the Assassin's program was being hotly debated by the folks at Gated Galaxies. The debate wasn't about whether or not to put Assassins aboard each ship, Everyone was pretty gung-ho on that idea. It was how to do it on the cheap. Now, looky here. Having assassins on board every Oz 8000 to do a cleanup in case every other plan goes further south than my accent, that's going to put a dent in my Rolodex. 400 is a lot, and I'm not sending up a bunch of goddamn biscuit heads to do the job. One of my research monkeys has a plan to kidnap the world's best assassins, copy them, Stick them in the deep freeze until I need them again. She reckons she can outfit every Oz with its very own killer clone, so real no one can tell that they're not human. Not even the critter itself. For about $8 a ship. I'll still have plenty of my assassins to take care of all of you stinky old blood ticks out there together. When one of the scientists created a cloning method that was cheap, fast, and produced robots as lethal as the originals, but far less inclined to die on the job, the decision was made. However, the G2 clone lab was crippled by an escaping assassin just as the last robots were being made. Because launch was so close, the scientists patched up a bunch of real but half-frozen assassins, packed them into pods, and crossed their fingers. And flippers. My flawless skin. Woo! My illustrious mustaches that never get crumbs in them. Ha! And what about when my sweet breasts? Could not operate Cal's biolock, hmm? Actually, I can explain that. There's a little chunk of styrofoam stuck just My fantastic asset! I can even see that olive rolling on its own all the way over there by this door. Uh, everyone can see it. <laughs> but can you see its little legs? Yep. Fine! Oh, my super ears can detect your non-believingness. You want to prove you're a robot. Oh, let's not. He doesn't need to prove anything. I have just given you a very long list of proofs. Your impervious mustache isn't proof. It isn't even true. I can see hollandaise sauce from here. <gasps> of course you can. Because if I am a robot, <gasps> you are too. Don't be absurd. No machine has this level of fashion sense. I assure you. Ooh, I know, I know. What? Sniff your own decongestant. Congratulations, Leet, on your very first good idea. Thanks. It felt really good, really right. Even as I was saying it, I could just tell it was going to be a good one, you know? Guys, we don't want him to figure it out, remember? Oh, right. Um, look here, Freeze. You're clearly human. Who'd make a robot that can't tell a bechamel from a Baudelaire? This proves nothing. 
They are very similar. They most certainly are not. Except when Leet creates them. Fair point. Hey, you try making a white sauce with flour and drywall. Now just hang on there. Do you know what a lethal dose of pseudoephedrine works out to? <laughs> I mean, eh, a toxic dose from a nasal vasoconstrictor is uh, highly unlikely. Now, your ophthalmic drops can lead to systemic toxicity, particularly when there are other contributing factors, such as uh, heart disease. I can assure you, my formulation is always fatal. I could end the debate right here. Only I'm not entirely sure I want to. You know, being a machine isn't all it's cracked up to be. Why not just stay human? Maybe eat more fiber. Silencieux! I am decided. I shall use my own decongestant to prove to you all that I am a machine! Now, where is my favorite little spray bottle, huh? Oh, hello, Nessie. Oh, you and I have had so many adventures together, oh? Or so my artificial memories are telling me. Now, you shall help me prove, once and for all, that I am not a mere man! Could he told you that? Uh, is he dead? Uh, doesn't seem to be, but he's not going to be any smarter than he was, that's for sure. He's not going in my healer pod. He always makes a mess in there. He looks pretty... colorful. Maybe we should take him to Dr. Von Heffelump. Robot assassins. What an idiot. Oh, move back. I'll take him. Ugh. Well, I'm not missing this. I bet he drools a lot from now on. Hang on, I thought he was a robot. Uh, he's supposed to be, but I ran a quick scan a bit ago and he's human. Mostly. He's human? That's fantastic! Hang on, I said mostly. It looks like something went wrong in the process. His brain's half-frozen and they patched him up a bit here and there. Still, this is good news, right? Not entirely. The original Le Bichon Freeze is uh, pretty ruthless, and it seems like maybe his brain is healing. We might want to limit his time in the healer pods to... well, never really. Plus, I don't know what the neural patch-up is doing to him. It's quite messy in there. What about the albatross? Is she human too? God, no, she's the Terminator in a pencil skirt. Right, let's get down there and make sure Dr. Von Haberzetzer doesn't heal him too much. Excuse me, did you say Dr. Von Haberzetzer is on this ship? Yeah, sorry, Cal, we'll get back to you in a bit, oh, okay? Just don't blow up if you can help it. Well, Dr. Von Haberzetzer, we meet again. You know, uh, bechamel and bottle-aids really, uh, two very distinct sauces. One is a white sauce, primarily used for uh, casseroles or even your humble uh, mac and cheese, while a bordelaise is actually a classic red wine and shallot reduction sauce mostly employed in the preparations of meats. Matt is dead, but Le Bichon Frise, it turns out, is very much alive. Or was, until he decided to prove he was a robot by abruptly proving he wasn't. And now that Cal's awake, does that change anything? Does it change everything? You've been listening to Tim Sherburn as Colin and Emily, Eric Perry as Head One and Mr. Southers, June Clark Eubanks as Glenda and the Albatross, Bonnie Brantley as Jesse and Donna, 
Kevin Hall as Cal, Shannon Perry as Madeline and Olivia, Aaron Clark as Le Bichon Frise, and me, Richard Nadolny, as your narrator. Special thanks this week to Jamie Price for the sensitivity read. Our music is composed and performed by John Faley, and our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. Oz 9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Until next time, Space Monkeys, narrator out. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable, but who are these mysterious apron-wearing craftsmen, and what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning, Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Kruger, and Matthew Woodcock as Walter Clay. I just want to go on the record right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.